You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's only been one day out of the three days of no Sacramento Kings basketball, and I'm bored out of my mind. How the hell did we survive an entire summer of this nonsense? Now that the Kings are back and they're off to an 8-6 and six start, I don't want Kings basketball to end, and I don't think the players do either. They want to keep on rolling. Actually, that might not be true. They're probably enjoying the rest, especially with the amount of back-to-backs that they've been playing recently. Another back-to-back is coming up here on Friday and Saturday, and with the pace the Sacramento Kings play at, they're going to need and deserve all of the rest that they can get. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast. We're always ready to go here on Locked On Kings. This is your hub and your podcast home for Sacramento Kings conversation, sound, interviews, uh, highlights. We have it all right here for you on the Locked On Kings podcast. If you call yourself a Sacramento Kings fan, you're absolutely in the right place. And if you call yourself a sports fan, the Locked On Podcast Network is where you want to be. Check it out. This podcast network is huge and it is loaded with so much good stuff. I could spend 10 minutes talking uh, talking to you about and sharing with you all the stuff that's going on, but instead I'll give you about the 15 to 20 second condensed version. If you're an NBA fan, there's Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball on top of the local Locked On podcast, including Locked uh, Locked On Kings. If you're an MLB fan, there's Locked On MLB. If you're an NFL fan, there's Locked On NFL. If you're a fantasy fan, there's Locked On Fantasy for all sports. And if you are even a, uh, a college fan, there's Locked On College Basketball, Locked On College Football. We have it all right here for you on the Locked On Podcast Network, so be sure to explore and enjoy while you are here. But I appreciate you taking the time on Locked On Kings. If this is your first time, welcome in. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being one of the local experts that gets to host uh, one of these fine podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings here in the California capital. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia media journalist and reporter, and I've had the uh, privilege of being able to cover this Sacramento Kings team for four years, even though I have been a fan of this team since I was six years old. So I'm deeply rooted in the Sacramento community. I've lived here basically all of my life. Uh, I have been a Kings fan for as long as I can remember, and being able to cover the team that you love and you grew up loving and supporting is uh, truly Truly an honor, so I am able to hopefully share some of that passion and some of the knowledge and and the uh, interactions that I get to have uh, with you here on the Locked On Kings podcast. But also, this podcast is not just for me to tell you what's going on and share my thoughts and my opinions with you. This is your forum as well as it is mine. So what that means is you can get involved any way possible. The best ways are on social media, at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, And finally, uh, if you want to email me, you can do that as well. mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. That's S-A-C localmedia.com. And there you can share your takes, your stories, everything like that. And I mentioned this is a forum. This is an area for Kings fans to voice their opinions. And we're going to be doing that again here very, very shortly as coming up in the next couple of weeks, we are doing the fans only podcast. I'm going to be sending out at the end of this week or by the end of this week, at least that's the goal. I'm going to be sending out uh, the uh, the list and, and to those who have reached out to me uh, wanting to be a part of that fans-only podcast, you will get an answer if you're on or not 
in the next few days. So be sure to keep an eye out on your emails or on Twitter for that because I will be contacting you very, very soon and we'll get fans only back here because I know so many of you enjoyed it, listened to it, uh, and loved it last time. So good opportunity for Kings fans to share their stories and share their opinions and make this podcast what it's meant to be, a hub and a home for Sacramento Kings talk and conversation. You don't have to be some know-it-all loser like me uh, to to be able to share your voice and share your opinions here on this fantastic forum. So I appreciate everybody tuning in. Let's get into business. On today's show, and I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, I have a lot of audio and a lot of sound for you. Instead of hearing me just blab on this off day, I thought, why not hear from the mouths of some of the players themselves? So on today's show, you're going to hear from Harry Giles, you're going to hear from De'Aaron Fox, and you're going to hear from Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, all this audio that I'm playing for you today was all collected after the Kings win on Monday against the San Antonio Spurs. However, very little of it has to do with the Spurs game specifically. A lot of it has to do with the players themselves uh, and this season and how this team has changed from last year to this year. So I'm going to sprinkle it through. I think you're really going to like it. I'll respond, share some of my opinions, and, and weave my myself and my voice in between it, but it is mainly about them. Then at the end of the podcast, there's a couple trade scenarios that have just been floating around in the air in Kingsdom that have uh, that have captured my attention a little bit. And nothing set in stone, no set rumors, anything like that. Just potential scenarios that might be intriguing for the Sacramento Kings and intriguing for Kings fans. And you know we love to play armchair GM here on the Locked On Kings podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. So I thought I'd share three separate scenarios for you involving two teams that the Kings could try try and make trades with and see if any of those catch your fancy. So that's a good opportunity for you to interact with me. Again, that'll be towards the end of the show. But right now, let's start with some audio from Harry Giles. I have a couple clips for you. Harry Giles went on Sunday and played a uh, a G League game for the Stockton Kings, put up 30 points and looked like the best player on the floor, as he should, uh, being an NBA star hopeful who's just trying to get a a tune-up and a confidence boost uh, against Stockton or with Stockton against G League talent. And he he certainly looked good. And what I love about Harry Giles, I love his attitude. I love the hustle and effort and energy that he plays with. He did not take it as a demotion. Uh, he took it as a positive, and it clearly helped him as on uh, on Monday night against San Antonio. He had his best game of the season, 12 points, 6 rebounds, played great defense against LaMarcus Aldridge. And uh, here's what he had to say on his bounce-back night and really his first major statement game as a professional NBA player. Oh, man, feels great. Uh just to get a good one under my belt. Uh, struggled early. Uh, you know, I had a game yesterday, went down, learned some things, and came back and uh, brought it to the team. So I had a great time out there. Was just building confidence, you think that was part of it? Definitely. I think I had probably more than half of it to do with it. And just need to slow down, man, and just just know that you don't have to be in a rush all the time. Uh, the first play I was in the game, I actually got a turnover when Frank threw the ball. But, you know, after that, I was like, okay, I know what I got to do now. And I applaud it from there. You also heard NBC Sports Kings insider James Ham's voice there asking him about his confidence level. And that was really what this trip was all about. That one really brief one game, one day trip to the Stockton Kings. It was about Harry Giles gaining confidence. And if you notice what he did at the beginning of the season when he was struggling and what he did in Stockton, and then what he did on Monday night, which was successful against San Antonio, is really all the same thing. It was just finding a way uh, to, to to make an impact on both ends of the floor, uh, do as best as you can to play good defense without fouling, even though he did still end up uh, with a lot of fouls. I think it was five fouls 
in the uh, the win over San Antonio. Harry was gaining confidence in that area. Also seeing the ball uh, drop and, and seeing some shots go in uh, really helped him as well. And uh, Harry discussed how this was essentially him hitting the reset button on an early season, his first real NBA season, his rookie season, despite spending all last year with the team. Uh, did not get off to the best of starts, but he was able to kind of hit the backspace button and delete uh, and start all over. And here's what he had to say on that. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it gave me a new charge, man. Yeah, new energy. Uh, just playing where I was at, uh, got some things done, but it just it just kind of set, set off a different fire in me to just want to do what I want to do up here. So, you know, I'm just try, trying to be up here. So expect Harry Giles to not be spending too much time for the remainder of the season with Stockton, although it's good to know that they are so close, and it's great to see the Kings already utilizing that. Uh, if they need players that need a little bit of a confidence boost or need to get some reps and are not getting major minutes uh, at the NBA level, you can send them down there for a brief stint, and they can uh, they can get some game speed in uh, and really uh, showcase why they belong in the NBA. Harry Giles certainly did that. It'll also be interesting to see. Uh, Costa Cufos did not play on Monday night against San Antonio because of a uh, some calf soreness, I believe. Uh, and no word yet on if he is playing or if he's going to be good to go. I expect he will be uh, for Friday's game in Memphis against his former team, the Memphis Grizzlies. So it'll be interesting to see if Costa Kufos does return, how Harry Giles fits back into the lineup and fits back into rotations. Uh, if Costa comes back and takes his minutes or if Jaeger's going to give him more minutes to build off of that great 12-point game that he had on Monday night. So we'll just have to wait and see for that. I have a lot of audio from you, from your star, De'Aaron Fox. And yes, he is the star of this team. He is the leader of this team. I think that's unanimous. We can all agree on that. There's been some great articles coming out recently all throughout the national media. And I know national media has a bit of a negative connotation in in Sacramento Kings land. But don't you worry. The Kings uh, have been getting some very good press and some uh, positive attention and feedback from the quote-unquote national media recently. And there's have been a couple articles just highlighting the play of De'Aaron Fox in this young season, uh, and he had a lot to say here following that Spurs uh, or win, excuse me. Uh, So let me try and go through all of this as best as I can. We will start with Fox's takes on the differences between that rough game offensive night loss on Saturday against the Los Angeles Lakers and how the Kings were able to bounce back against San Antonio. Uh, I think we came out with a lot of energy today. You know, um, we played that back-to-back. You know, we didn't have the energy that we needed to, you know, win that game. And they really mucked it up. They got it. They got us playing the way that they wanted us to play. And uh, today we came out here. You know, we got our day off. And we came here with, you know, it was, I don't want to say a must-win, but, you know, we felt like we couldn't go 1-3 on our home court couple things I want to address from what he said here. First and foremost, remember last year how much of a struggle it was for the Kings consistently to get off to good starts in the first and third quarters. They seem to have addressed that issue more often than not. However, what I like that I saw from the Spurs game uh, that we haven't seen in, in the past is when the Kings would get off to good starts and build eight 10-point leads and get off to good shooting starts. Often their defense uh, would be struggling, though, and they would allow teams to stay in it or stay close, uh, and they would kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit with that second unit, that bench unit coming in, and then the uh, the their opponents would, would make up ground and even take the lead late on in the first quarter or early on in the second quarter. You didn't see that from the Kings on sa- or on Monday excuse me, against San Antonio. The bench unit played very, very well. Frank Mason came in. Harry Giles came in. Both made immediate impacts. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 22 
points off the bench, and we'll be hearing from him uh, in a little bit. So that was certainly great to see, and Fox uh, mentioned that very briefly at the beginning of that clip. Uh, but also he said at the end, and I like what he said, that they couldn't go 1-3 and three on their home floor. And, and what that says to me is that this team takes their home floor seriously, and they take losing in front of their fans Personally, I know Kings, uh, many Sacramento Kings players were frustrated with the amount of Los Angeles Laker fans that were in the building on Saturday, even though that adds to kind of the atmosphere that makes it uh, makes it fun and enjoyable. I was in the locker room following the Kings loss and I are to the Lakers. And and I will say this, that is the uh, the sharpest and quickest I have seen uh, De'Aaron answer questions and be with the media. He was clearly frustrated with uh, with himself and his team's actions uh, in that loss. He took that loss to the Lakers personally, especially on their home floor. Nobody likes to get embarrassed in front of their home fans. And the Kings were embarrassed a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit in that game against the Lakers. So that was good to hear De'Aaron say, you know, we did not want to go and we did not expect to go 1-3 and three on our home floor. In fact... Two and two was not even the goal itself, and you'll hear later why uh, that was the case from Bogdan Bogdanovich. But here's what De'Aaron Fox had to say about the Kings going two and two during this very tough four-game homestand. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. Um, I feel like we let both of those games that we lost get away from us. But, I mean, it was four really good teams. Um, you know, Toronto, the best teams in the league. Uh, the Spurs, you know, always good. Lakers, you know, they got LeBron and all those young guys really playing well now. Um, I think they won out like what, five out of the last six. So they're playing really well right now. And then uh, Minnesota, yeah, iffy. But um, it, it was pretty good for us to, you know, just try to come out two and two. It's always good to go two and two on, you know, any stand we got. He's absolutely right, and if this team could go 500 through all of their homestands and all of their uh, road trips from here on out, that would certainly be a great thing for this team uh, to do. Of course, a lot of season left, a lot of ups and downs, and a lot uh, can happen, but now you look at this two-game road trip uh, that the Kings that are about to go on here, Houston, or excuse me, Memphis, and then Houston on Friday and Saturday, so you're looking at, again, going 500, find one win out of those two, and it is a successful road trip before you return home for a uh, matchup uh, a rematch against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which remember the OKC Thunder were the first win of the Kings season this year in OKC with Russell Westbrook playing. Unsure if Russell is going to be ready to go on that one. But uh, De'Aaron's been uh, saying that, you know, People are starting to really take notice of this team with their 8-6 and six start. I mentioned the amount of articles that are being written, not just about De'Aaron himself, uh, but about the uh, the Kings, and, and he said as much. He's really pleased uh, with how this team is turning heads, although not surprised. We're going into every game this year, you know, feeling like we can win. And when you go into games with that confidence, you start seeing shots go in, you know, energy picks up, defense picks up, and, you know, you, you have a ball game. So I don't think, you know, we're going to be or you know, people are starting to take notice. They're, you know, saying we're not. You know, it's not an easy win. You know, if we play you here or, or on the road. So, uh, we just come out and play our game. You know, we feel like if we if we can play fast, then it definitely gives us a chance to win. That's not just lip service from De'Aaron Fox, ladies and gentlemen. He and this Kings team genuinely believe through every part of their being that they can beat anybody on any given night, and that uh, that mentality is what has allowed them to work their way through the adversity, the doubt uh, of everybody really except for them in the NBA, even the doubt of their own fans. And we know many of you, myself included, everybody in Sacramento doubted that the Kings could be off to an 8-6 and six start and be playing as well as they have, or at least be this far ahead of the schedule that we place them on. But that's not the schedule they place themselves on. They believe uh, that they can beat anybody on any given night, that they are a good team, that they are playoff bound. 
Uh, and a lot of that has to do with the uh, improvements that Fox himself has made. Here's what he had to say about the things that he's worked on and his biggest improvements heading into this season. Definitely say shooting. Shooting and um, just my decision-making so far. I feel like I've... I've made a lot of good decisions since since the season started. You feel like you like you know um, the entire playbook now, or oh, I knew the entire playbook last year, but um, <laughs> I feel like you know I kind of know you know just about everybody's playing style, where where guys want the ball, where guys are going to be. So I feel like just the chemistry has has definitely ramped up from last year. I said it on yesterday's podcast, De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion, is a shooter now. He has added the three-point shot to his game. Now, that doesn't mean he is a knockdown three-point shooter like a Steph Curry-type guard or even a J.J. Redick or anything like that, but the three-point shot is now becoming part of his game, and you're seeing defenders actually have to honor it and step out on him, which is making him all the more difficult to guard. And one of the cool things that's been fun to see is now that De'Aaron's hitting those threes, he's whipping out an all-new three-point celebration, if you've seen it either in person or on TV. He does this fun little three-finger salute on top of his head, uh, and he shared with the media where uh, that came from and and how he and his brother actually invented that. So me and my my bro, we're just talking like, like, I'm going to hit threes this year, so I need a celebration. And he just, he came up with some dumb stuff. I wouldn't even tell you what he came up with. um, We just try to put something together, and it's cool, it's it's fun, and shots going in, so we're just having a good time out there. Before we transition to sound from Bogdan Bogdanovich, De'Aaron had something to say about the effect and the spark that Bogey has on this Kings team when he is on. And, of course, Bogey was coming off of that 22-point performance, uh, his best game of the season thus far, only his third game of the season. De'Aaron spoke about what uh, Bogey brings to the table when he is on providing that spark. Uh, I mean, it was great. You know, uh, seeing him go to, get to a slow start, you know, the first, what did he play, for two games? This is the second game? I don't remember. But whatever it was, the first the first games that he played, you know, he just he's trying to get his legs under him. And today, you know, he had the arc on his side. You know, he had a bounce to him. And it, it definitely helped us. It brings energy. Bogey does bring the energy in his own way. And let's transition now to hear some sound from Bogdanovich, uh, as he had a lot of great things to say. He actually was my favorite interview that we did following that Kings win because he said a lot of great stuff about this team, where they're at, where they're headed, and where they believe they should be and can be. Uh, but let's start with uh, with him, specifically his games uh, as, a, uh, as a player coming off of this injury. And we'll start with him uh, making the right decisions and, and trying to make an impact. He was asked about if now that uh, De'Aaron Fox has taken over more of the floor general role, uh, if he's going to look to score more. And, and Bogey said it's specific to who he's facing, the lineups on the floor, both defensively or the other team that he's against uh, and the guys that he's lined up with. And he's all about just making the right reads in, in the moment. To make a right read, sometimes it's for me, sometimes it's for, for my teammates. And it's really important just for, to make a good read. And uh, when everyone knows uh, that we make a good read and uh, we know where, where we should get a shots open and uh, where we can uh, read a play, um, that, that, that brings extra confidence in the team. You heard De'Aaron earlier talking about how it was good for the Kings to go 2-2. Two and two. Bogdan Bogdanovic shared that the Kings' goal actually through this very tough four-game homestand was to go 3-1, and one. and realistically, with a better performance against the Los Angeles Lakers, they could have done so. It was a good game for us, especially against Spurs. Um, last year, we lost all four games we were playing against them, and uh, um, it's kind of a good feeling that uh, 
Uh, also, we, we were uh, 50, uh, 500 at the, at the home the last four games against good, good teams. That was uh, that was our goal. Our goal actually was to win three out of four, but two two is still okay. And uh, now we're looking for for this next back to the games. I mentioned earlier how it sucks for us as Kings fans to have to sit and wait three days for the uh, uh, the Kings to get back in action, but they probably are enjoying that rest. And Bogey said himself that he's definitely enjoying the rest. It's good for him, and he expects these will be the last couple of games of him on uh, minutes restriction. That's great for me. <laughs> I mean, I can rest a little bit, and uh, uh, especially for these guys, they 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 run a pace and they they running uh, they running so much. Um, so um, it's good to rest your body a little bit um, to prepare uh, these two games even more and uh, like tactic wise and. Um, Nothing else, nothing special. They're part of you after having a good game that wants to get back out there Wednesday, Wednesday instead of waiting until Friday. Say it again. They're part of you that wants to get back out sooner because you're coming Ah, out yeah, 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 for sure. But, um, I mean, we cannot go too fast. And, um, I mean, next game is Friday. Um, I'm playing all back-to-back. This is the first back-to-back I'm playing. I will still, still be under the restriction minutes. Uh, this is the last, last two games, I think. Remember, he did not play in Game 1 of the Kings back-to-back with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Los Angeles Lakers on Friday, Saturday night last week. He just played in the Laker game on Saturday. He expects to be playing in both of these games, but still on limited minutes on Friday and Saturday against Memphis and Houston. And then it should be pretty much all ahead full, which means how soon are we going to see Bogdan Bogdanovich, if at all, work his way into the starting lineup? Is he going to take over the three spot uh, from Iman Shumpert or maybe replace Buddy at the two and move Buddy to the bench? I hope that's not the case. I don't believe if that is the case, if things are working with him coming off the bench, I'm sure Dave Yeager will want to stick with that and remain consistent with that. This was my favorite thing, though, that Bogdan Bogdanovich had to say, and this was about just the difference of culture from last year to this year and how this team genuinely, truly believes that they are playoff bound, they should be playoff bound. That really has been the goal since day one. It's a great feeling. I cannot lie. I mean, and you can see my emotions and... Uh... Yes, it's totally a different feeling than um, you playing bad and your team lose, and um, it's just different, you know. And it's fun to play with these guys, and it's amazing to to see how, um, especially the Aaron and Buddy, um, they improve, and, and other other players really from last season. And we have great addition: Belly, Marvin, and uh, young guys. Um, all of them. They, the second unit also run, runs good today, and. Uh, um, it's amazing how how we suddenly improved from last year, and uh, I remember we didn't know some, some place in the season where is my spot, uh, where should I be, and um, I talk about everyone generally, and uh, now uh, I, I think we know the, the the roles more and more. How much has the culture changed too? I mean, you guys know your roles better, but now it seems like you guys are getting the same culture. It's totally different approach in the season. You know, it's tough to it's tough to go in a season like one what was one eight one nine last year, and it's totally different when after forty games you have eight eight six. So um, um, we really try to make the playoffs this year. And um, I know that sounds crazy for somebody, but that's our motivation.
You know, you hear every single year, especially during media day and before the season starts, that every team believes that they are playoff bound and wants to be playoff bound. You're going to get very few teams that are going to say, yeah, you know what, we expect to suck. We're not looking at the postseason. We're just going to try and go uh, game by game, one day at a time, and and see where we end up. But this really, and like I said earlier, is not lip service. These guys genuinely believe that they have something special here and they have enough talent here to shock some people to outplay a lot of teams. Like De'Aaron said, they can win on any given night, which means they can push uh, for a lower seed in the Western Conference, which would be an incredible achievement. Now, I, being the optimist that I am, even though I am that massive optimist, I am not ready yet Uh, to peg them in as a playoff team. I still think they have a lot to prove, and they're aware of that as well. I would not, though, say, like Bogey said, uh, that some are calling this team crazy uh, for having those uh, those goals and aspirations. I don't think that's crazy whatsoever, and I could realistically... I mean, we've seen stranger things in sports, Uh, so if the Kings can continue this, keep this pace. Let's say they start January and they're still over 500. I'd be ready to start believing that this team could maybe make a run at an eighth or even seventh seed. That is really the best case scenario for this team. And that would be the equivalent, in my opinion, of a championship for this team, at least for this year, based off of where we thought they were going to be. If the Kings are going to want to make some kind of playoff run, though, uh, they still are going to need a lot of help, particularly at the small forward position. Now, I have thought uh, that Iman Shumpert has overachieved this year, or let's say this, he has performed better, especially offensively, than I expected him to. Defensively, he's been solid over the last couple of games. Two really tough assignments, or three really tough assignments, actually. He had Jimmy Butler, which he played well against LeBron James, which how do you start uh, stop LeBron James? And then I thought he played very well on Monday night against DeMar DeRozan. So he's been having a high workload, especially on the defensive end of the floor, and I thought he's played well. But Iman Shumpert is not the uh, the starting caliber uh, small forward you want on a uh, on a playoff team, especially in the Western Conference. And that's no knock against Iman, but there's just a ceiling there that other guys could uh, could surpass that the Kings could certainly use. So here are three scenarios that I heard about, that I've read about. Things that have been floated out there. Now, again, I I prefaced this earlier. These are not rumors. Uh, We have no idea if Vlade is interested in these guys, if the Kings are even asking about them, if any phone calls have been made, even if these guys are available. But these are three names from two different teams that could help that small four position that could also make sense for the Kings in the long term. And now I want your feedback. The point of this is to uh, to gauge your reaction and your interest level. So you can reach out to me at any time on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can email me mgeorgeatsacklocalmedia.com. Share with me if you like or don't like uh, some of these trade scenarios and which one out of the three you like the most. If you want the Kings to try and pull a trigger on any of them or none of them, uh, your feedback is very, very warranted. Let's start with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They just traded Jimmy Butler, and and who knows where this team is going. They got back a, a few pieces uh, from the Philadelphia 76ers, a decent haul uh, for Jimmy. So uh, they still have pieces to where they expect to be able to plug them in right away and still be competitive and try and make a run in the Western Conference, although the West just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, there are, I think, 10 or 11 teams in the Western Conference that are above 500 right now, which is ridiculous. Uh, the Timberwolves are not one of them, so they're trying to uh, figure things out, and who knows if they've gotten enough uh, from that trade in return. So they might still be in the, on the road to a uh, parting of ways with Tom Thibodeau if things continue to not work and he continues to really have frustrations 
confidence amongst his lineups for playing his starters too many minutes. And there's been one name in particular, a young guy who, in many people's eyes, my own included, he is overpaid. They give him or gave him way too big of a contract way too early, but he's a former number one overall pick, very talented, can light it up on the offensive end, but does have, uh, there's some questions about his work ethic and, and his attitude, and that is Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins is making in the high 20s and million dollars over the next couple of years, and then he's making low 30s for the next couple of years after that. So if the Kings were to make a trade for Andrew Wiggins, uh, they might have to give up some some interesting pieces in return. Let me first say this. I would not part from Buddy Heald or De'Aaron Fox. I also probably, actually, I, I for sure wouldn't part uh, from Marvin Bagley at this point. Everybody else, I'll at least listen to and hear uh, I, let's say the best piece that I'd expect the Kings to be willing to part from is Willie Cauley-Stein. I might say Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, but I'm a little more hesitant there. Willie Cauley-Stein is also an expiring contract, uh, so you have to put or take that into consideration as well. Uh, but in regards or, or disregarding the, the specifics, the X and O's, Andrew Wiggins, a potential trade target for the Sacramento Kings, you would have him under control con, uh, contractually, although he easily would become your highest played pay, uh, paid player, and he would eat up a lot of the cap space that would uh, would allow you to go and be aggressive in free agency next summer. But we all know the history of free agency with this Kings team, uh, so is that worth the gamble to get a young, I think he's 23, maximum 24 years old, uh, he's going to be able to come in and, and, and be here for a while and provide that 20-point-per-game scoring on a regular basis at that small forward position. Uh, the defense is a little bit of a question mark, although he's capable of playing it. But Andrew Wiggins is an interesting piece, potentially, for the Kings to go out and get. So gauge your thoughts on that. Do you like the idea of the Kings trying to be aggressive and, and going after the Timberwolves and saying, I know you're trying to make some changes here. Things have not been working out. Are you interested in trading Andrew Wiggins? We don't mind taking that massive contract off if you want some relief to try and go out and get a new partner for Carl Anthony Towns in free agency next summer. So there's that scenario. The other team, and this has two separate guys, is the Washington Wizards. Now the Wizards are on a one-way path to blowing it up. And uh, I, I think it's safe to say Scotty Brooks is on the way out there, although I have no inside information about that. That's just my perspective. He's always going to be a, a, a fall guy, someone to blame in these scenarios. I think Scotty Brooks is that guy, unfortunately, which sucks because he's a great guy, even a local guy here uh, from the the Northern California, Sacramento area. Uh, so Scotty Brooks probably on the way out, but even so, I don't think it's just a coaching problem. There's something wrong with that team. So there's two pieces there that I'm potentially interested in. One is older but and more established. One is younger, but still a little bit more of a prospect. That's Otto Porter Jr. and Kelly Oubre Jr. Otto Porter Jr. is currently now a, uh, uh, I think he's 26 years old. Yes, 26. Uh, he's shooting just under 40% from three-point range this season. However, he's just around a 40%, a little over actually 40% three-point shooting uh, for his career. Averaged 14 points per game last season, is down to around 9 to 10 this season. So those numbers are down. Really, the numbers are down for all the Wizards across the board because of the bad start that they've been off to. But you're getting someone who's also good on the defensive end of the floor, someone who is more established. He's not going to get much better than he already is, but you know what you're going to get. A floor spacer, a defensive player, uh, he's not old, so he plugs into the system well, and you can have him around, and he's under control. He's under contract uh, for the next few years, although it is a pretty hefty contract, and that's an expiring deal that I'm sure 
the Washington Wizards would be willing and ready to move on from. Kelly Oubre Jr., on the other hand, is younger, not as good of a shooter yet as Otto Porter, although he potentially can be. Probably not as good of an offensive player in general as Otto Porter is right now. Has the uh, potential to be a great defender as well and has shown flashes of that. He actually had a great game against the Sacramento Kings in uh, Washington's loss to the Kings earlier on this season, very early in the season, one of the Kings win uh, wins at home so far. Uh, Kelly Oubre had a great season, and he is a restricted free agent after this year. So realistically, the Kings could trade for him. It probably wouldn't take much. Uh, they might take on a- another expiring contract like Mahimi or something like that. And then you would have the right to match any offer that's thrown at him during the summer, or you could come out with a contract and an agreement uh, yourself. So Kelly Oubre Jr. is another interesting piece. So those are three names that help the small forward position that I think are realistically available and guys that I don't think immediately would would result in, in a, a hung-up phone every time Vlade uh, tried to inquire about them. Three guys that I think make this team better immediately but also fit the, uh, the long-term plan. That's Kelly Oubre Jr., Otto Porter Jr., or Andrew Wiggins. So let me know what you think about those three guys. I'll allow you, I'll allow you, please, as if I'm in control. Uh, take all the time you want to uh, to think about that, share arguments as to why you like them, why you don't. Uh, you can reach to me anytime at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter. Really, let's make that the next topic of conversation over these next few days as I get responses I'll read them on this podcast network we'll talk about them and discuss it more in detail I was also interested in having uh, Sacktown Royalties Tim Maxwell on in the very near future because he's one of the guys that turned me on to these potential ideas Uh, he is a a trade master armchair GM like myself he'll be able to tell you more specifically about what it would take Uh, so we're going to try and get him on to the Locked on Kings podcast here very very shortly or in the very near future so he can join and, and and discuss more about those potential pickups. But I want to hear your opinions as well, not just his. So send them to me at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter and GeorgeZackLocalMedia.com. You can also share them on Facebook or on Instagram if you can find me there as well. That's going to do it for another episode of Locked On Kings Podcast. Again, if you uh, reached out to me and are interested in being on the Fans Only Podcast by the end of this week, you should get a response from me letting me know or letting you know if you have been selected uh, to be a part of the show that will begin recording most likely next week and then hopefully we'll come out here uh, maybe just after Thanksgiving or by the end of November, absolutely, to say the least. Uh, so that is the plan. Be sure to come back tomorrow for more Locked on Kings action. I appreciate you tuning in to today's podcast. I will see you very, very soon. Until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.